Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Cisco and Falcon Hour, Broadcast and Politics. Tonight, we have a great show. We have Drew Allen, who's the host of The Drew Allen Show. He's a Texas-bred, California-based millennial author, columnist, and political analyst. His work can be read and seen and heard at the DrewThomasAllen.com site. So he'll be on tonight, uh, and we'll be talking about the misinformation Armageddon. And also, we'll be touching on the inflation craziness that's happening right now, all the prices. But in the meantime, our co-host, Mark Falzone, go ahead. Give me your rest of the week. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I regret to inform you. I have again received the 30-day jail sentence from Facebook, or whom I will refer to as Dick Book going forward. You know, I always use that term. It's catching on. Anyway, I I got a 30-day sentence because someone was posting about how the FBI was intricately involved in the Whitmer kidnapping, you know, the the Michigan governor. So I made a comment, oh, they, they should all be scalped. Within 30 seconds, I get slams, which means I have, someone is watching me closely. And I will, I will address that person and their mother in a few minutes. Anyway, so within 30 seconds, bam, I'm in Facebook jail 30 days for violent comments. Uh, and w- what I wanted to say now, because this is the second, uh, I'm getting a lot of jail sentences again this year. Uh, in 2020, they kind of just shadow banned me and let me go, and I received no jail. Uh, in 2019, I was in jail eight of 12 months. Uh, now, this year, this is like uh, maybe two and a half months of jail, including this one. So I, I wanted to say to the non-American, third-world idiot that there's something in this country, in the English language, if it was your first language, you dipshit, uh, there's something called literally and proverbially. Now, when I said they should be scalped, no, this is America. We don't scalp people. Maybe the Mexican cartels visiting in America scalp people. Americans don't scalp people. No, it's not meant to be taken literally, you jerk. No, what it, what it is it's meant proverbially. To me, scalping them would be, let's see, handcuffs, perp walk, embarrassment in court, the verdicts, and jail time. That, to me, would encompass scalping. You non-American friggin' nitwit. Now, if you are an American, you ill-educated, pathetic, pointy-headed a-hole. You know, by censoring <laughs> me, 
you're actually operating against your own interests. Now, let's focus on your mothers. You know, those bad whore and that slut your mother. And, of course, we don't know who your father is because it could be any one of thousands of sailors of the Mediterranean fleet. So have a nice day. <laughs> is that all or you, you have more? <laughs> yes, no, that's it. Both barrels empty. Uh, okay, good. So this inflation is not just hitting the United States. It's actually hitting the U.K. and other parts of the world. In the U.K., the supermarkets are totally, the shelves are empty. So guess what? Start preparing. Start preparing. Okay? Yeah, but wait a this second. Is, what is inflation well, well, and wait, 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 I'm not finished. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Mark, Mark, I'm not finished yet. I, okay, I want to so make sure that people out, yeah, I want to make sure that everyone is, they're not telling you about the empty shelves in other parts of the world because they want to catch you off guard. You need to start preparing, okay? If you don't believe me, check out what's happening in the U.K., empty shelves in all the supermarkets. Uh, the next thing, the inflation, as I was mentioning, inflation, the prices are going up. They're not coming back. The Fed is printing money galore. It's creating a vast amount. So your dollar is going to be worth very little. Let's call our yeah, guest Cisco, right now. Cisco, they have to do that. How else are the Marxists and the Bolsheviks to launder taxpayer money by the hundreds of billions if the Fed isn't printing the money for them? Come on, man. Our guest, he um, – wait, hold on. So, yes, you're, you're, you're absolutely correct, but that's going to drive – the dollar to be worthless if it continues on this process. Okay. It, they, that's just one of, one of the positive collateral damage of the looting that's taking place of the Treasury because all they want to do is harm Western and American civilization you know, in any and every way, whether it's not giving them oil, uh, creating inflation, destroying hold on, small hold on. business hold, of the hold, pandemic hold, hold, hold. BS. Hold on, hold on. I, uh, we have Drew on the line. Drew Allen, welcome to the Cisco and Falstone Hour, Broadcasting Politics. How are you? I'm good. It's great to be with you. Fantastic. Yeah, we, we have uh, our co-host here, Mark Falstone, and, and, and some uh, of our listening, listening audience ready to listen to, and we, we just promoted your show on the air, and... Um, we're glad that you're here. I am, too. Anytime I get an opportunity to talk to like-minded individuals, because I live in the communist state of California, it's a joy for me. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Well, I live well. in the communist state of New Jersey, so I fully uh, I feel your pain, dude. I, I don't know who's got it worse. It's a competition, I, I think. <laughs> okay. So uh, how long have you been in uh, California? Oh, you know, I've been here a long time. I'm 34. I went to college out here. Uh, you know, I grew up in, in Texas, but I haven't lived there since I was 18. But I lived in Italy for about five years. Uh, yeah. But I've been out here a while. You know, I'm, I'm living in Napa Valley, kind of the, the belly of the beast to some extent. I'm close to Sacramento. Gavin Newsom's got a winery out here. So uh, French Laundry and all that. 
So, uh, so yeah, you know, I'm, I'm well acquainted with the left. <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, capisce, capisce. Si, si, parliamo in italiano. Uh, un poquito. poquito. <laughs> California, you mentioned Sacramento. I mean, I, I remember the last time I was in Sacramento, uh, alongside the governor's mansion, in, in, um, there's a stretch of road which they call Ten City. Is that still there? So I got to be honest with you. I've only driven through Sacramento one time. It was to get out of the state for a vacation. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I would imagine that tent city is probably still there because uh, if, if anyone reads the news, we've got more and more tent cities by the day in all of the major cities in California. Definitely, definitely. So tell us uh, uh, more about your show and, and how you became uh, the millennial author, columnist, and political analyst. That you are. Yeah. yeah, so kind of the, the short of it, to make it interesting to your audience, since they're uh, graciously listening to me talk to you all, um, you know, I kind of got, I've always been a bit of a political animal, that's what my father-in-law would call me, that is to say I've always been engaged in interest and passionate about politics, I've always been a conservative, even though I've lived, I worked in fashion in Milan, I worked in Hollywood, so I've always been surrounded by liberal Democrats and communists, and um, so the upshot <laughs> The upshot of that experience, though, is I've always been a conservative still, but I've always had to defend myself and listen to their, their, their idiocy, frankly. And so, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, impressive conviction about my beliefs. And so, you know, 2020, you know, throughout that election process, all my Democrat friends, nearly every single one of them dropped off, told me they couldn't respect me anymore because of political differences. And so uh, I just was kind of fed up. I was, I, was, I was frightened by what I was seeing happen in this country. And so I decided to just jump, uh, you know, uh, head first, uh, both feet in, into the waters of politics and just dedicate myself to that going forward as long as it takes, which will probably be the rest of my life, the way things are going. And um, so, you know, I wrote a book on common sense, uh, you know, in, around November uh, that had to do with, um, you know, COVID, what was going on. My, my kind of observations about how dangerous it was, what they were really up to, and then leading up to the, the election and what was going on there and, and trying to give perspective on, on the Republicans who seemed like they – well, they did what I thought they were going to do, which is concede and, and just you know, fold like cheap lawn chairs. And, of course, um, <laughs> that, 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 that same situation happened in 1876. We had a contested election, but the Republicans yeah. didn't cave. And it resulted in a, in a Republican victory. But anyway, all that is to say, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm all in for, for this movement. You know, I think that we need more. It's not that I'm, you know, Jesus Christ here to, to save the world. But, you know, every 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 voice that speaks up matters and encourages somebody else. And, and we've got a problem in this country, especially with young people my age and the millennial generation who have been indoctrinated to believe that it's somehow cool to be a Democrat. So I'm here to uh, reverse that. Uh, show the way, and at least, you know, hopefully encourage some other people to, to get comfortable speaking out because, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of time here. Definitely, definitely. That's what, very well said, uh, especially coming from a millennial, extremely well said. Uh, one of the, I have some, several topics that I want to touch on. One of them is this whole thing with Section 230. So for anyone out there who does not know what Section 230 is, it's basically what protects social media giants, tech giants like uh, Facebook and Twitter from being considered that they're publishers. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that, that's exactly right. Um, you know, basically it protects them, right? They're not publishers, so 
you know, in, in the theoretical realm in which they are promoting free speech, you know, they can't be sued or liable uh, for someone else coming on there and saying something because it's not their – they're not – you know, when it's published on – when, when someone writes something on Twitter or Facebook, it's not face Twitter just because they're, they're hosting that conversation. They're not saying that we agree with this or this is – you know, we're not signing off on this. So it protects them. And, and, and in, in, in theory and principle, it's absolutely correct. Uh, it's like not holding gun manufacturers responsible, um, you know, for someone who misuses a firearm or something. Hello? Yeah. Is Facebook and, and Twitter and these um, tech conglomerates, these right. oligarchies that are obviously in the, the – you know, they're doing the bidding of the Democratic Party. Well, um, they are censoring the free speech that the Democratic Party disagrees with. And so, you know, it's a double-edged sword because, you know, if you get rid of 230, you're also harming your own – uh, self, because anyone who comes out with an alternative platform, whether it's parlor or something else, well, they can be held accountable. And then you're going to have to really get on there. And it kind of creates an atmosphere in which you are going to be looking to censor things. So it's really tricky. Um, so, you know, I, I wish I could come out and just say we got to get rid of 230. Uh, but there are there are some other considerations to be made when it comes to doing that. Right. The 230 aspect is, 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 is kind of very, very, very uh, – it can go either way. But, but this week, as a matter of fact, what you wrote in regards to Jen Psaki and Mr. Biden coming out and saying that Facebook is killing uh, um, people with this, this information. Now, when you have the government pushing social media to join with them, that's when 230 will really have take a hit because First Amendment. Wouldn't that be the case? Yeah, can I chime in? i got to chime in on this one. I was shocked that Pisaki said, oh, yeah, we're in communication with Facebook and we flag things because Trump has the lawsuit pending. And here they are outright admitting. Now, I can't believe they are that stupid. To me, it's arrogance. You know, they're telling you, we're doing this, and you can go to hell. There's nothing you're going to do about it. You know, like most of it, like like Pelosi, for instance, you know. But when she came out and said that, I, I, I was really surprised. Well, well I, I mean, I'll, I'll chime in briefly. I mean, I, I think that's an important point that you're making. I mean, I think what's so stunning about it is, look, I mean, the left has had kind of – they've all, you know, leftists – Democrats, by nature, by virtue of their political ideology, are totalitarian to a certain extent. It leans that way always. You know, pro-government, big government, they believe – they don't really believe in unalienable rights, right? They want to they believe that they're the arbiters of rights, and they divvy them out as they see fit to the citizenry, which is antithetical to the Constitution, which says that we the people are master and the government is servant. Well, they don't believe in that. They believe they're master and we're servant. Um, but I think the brazenness is what's so shocking. I, I don't know many conservatives, even those who are brilliant and, and could see the future, could have predicted that it would become so overt, their totalitarianism and their power grab. Because, you know, even Obama, you know, going back not too long ago, you know, he had to hide and pretend to be a little centrist here and there. And he was still a totalitarian. You know, those of us who were savvy and study this stuff, you know, we could, we could read the tea leaves and he'd come out and make mistakes. But never did they come out like Jen Psaki and just say in a press conference, yeah, we're working with Facebook and Twitter to censor political dissidents, politi- you know, anyone who disagrees with our opinions. 
it, it is shocking and stunning, man, and it seems like Americans are somewhat numb. You know, if Trump said that, I guarantee you this is the difference in conservatives and leftists. I would condemn Trump for something like that. But uh, the left exactly. doesn't care. Exactly. exactly. If I could and, say and again, real quick, or... uh, just uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we have uh, yeah, Drew. No. We have quite a few. Hold on, Drew. We have quite a few uh, of our listeners to ask for questions. So yeah, six one two five four five. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. And if I could just say this is from like a an outsider, like an immigrant perspective on the matter, and it's just that. I think in coming from a communist country, I can kind of see what's going on now. The, the Democrats, you mentioned Obama in the past having to be more subtle and pretend to be centrist, because back then they understood that the conservatives still had a stronghold in this country. The conservatives, you know, your your Christian right was still really powerful. The older generation was obviously much more conservative than they were in a lot of power, but now they see that the, this younger generation that's coming in that's fully indoctrinated, they're ready to go full blow all the way to the left. They know that. And uh, you guys are sitting at this point in your country where this next maybe one or two elections is going to determine the direction your country is going to go in. And now through this COVID thing and with the mail-in vote, the, the Democrats have a confidence that they can manipulate the election like we just saw in 2020, and they feel like they don't have to worry about you guys anymore. And if they can make it through these next two elections, this game over. The socialists are going to win because they took over everything yep. else. I mean, you guys on the right, you surrendered like education to the left. You surrender the media. You surrendered like all the institutions of influence on your country to the point where it's amazing to to find anyone under the age of thirty five in America that's not a borderline socialist now. And it's like excellent point. I, I mean, I I don't know what you guys are looking at, but I'd be panicking because your country is like ten ten to twenty years away from collapsing potentially, and I I don't know, man. If I were you guys, I, I would fight like hell to get to the bottom of that, that last election. I don't know why so many conservatives just turned the page and are talking about 22 and 24 when they literally stole 20. And they did it in the most brazen right. fashion, and you guys let them get away with it. I'm sorry. I, I apologize for going on. No, 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 no. I, just, I, 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 I love what you love no, it, I love what love you it. said. I, I love what, what you said. Stay on the line because it's, it's, it's beautiful. Drew. What's your response on, on that? Uh, well, firstly, I want to, you know, is someone, he, he said he was an immigrant. Uh, I say yeah. he's got a very important perspective that a bunch of us fat, lazy millennials don't have because we've had <laughs> it so good and too good. So if you want to look at what's happening in this country and understand how dangerous it is, you have to look outside this country at Cuba and Cuban immigrants right. who want to come yeah. here and people who flee communist, communist regimes because they understand what it's like and they can see – because a lot of these places weren't always communist, like Venezuela. So what's happening in America has already happened to them, and they're saying, hey, 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 guys, this happened to my country. It's happening mm-hmm. here. Wake up. So I agree with him. I agree him with him on every single point except this. And it's a little bit controversial, but I do believe this, and I'm not just saying this to blow smoke. I believe this genuinely in my heart. This country is still a majority conservative. I believe that. I agree that we've lost ground, and I believe that we are at risk of losing that majority. But as it stands today, I do believe we're still majority conservative. What I would say and point to evidence of that is that what you're seeing with the – he's also right, by the way, this is a segue, okay? Uh, He's also right about the fact that that these next two elections really are going to determine the future uh, of this country, and we we, we, we do risk losing it if if we don't start fighting back and winning those. But 
to my point about being a majority conservative, I think that the reason the Democrat Party is coming out and is showing their true colors and becoming so unhinged is because they're desperate. I think they know that as imperfect as the Republican Party is with Mitch McConnell and all these phonies, these rhinos, if midterms were held tomorrow, they would get shellacked. They know it. I mean, the defund the police movement is enormously unpopular. Critical race theory is enormously unpopular. They're even losing the battle to convince Americans that asking for voter ID is racist. And so they're trying to put the defund the police movement at the feet of the Republican Party. And that is evidence to the case that they know they're in trouble. That's why they want to pass the S-1 bill. The For the People Act to federalize elections, because they know if they don't get that, if they can't get rid of the filibuster, well, they risk losing their, their great opportunity here they've made for themselves with COVID and everything else to seize power in perpetuity. Yeah, that's an excellent point also. So 612 and, and Drew, you, you, made, you both made, but I think one of the, the, the things that I, I'm looking at is that we still have too many Republicans, so-called Republicans, which I call rhinos, that are going to follow in the steps of Schumer and Pelosi. That's, where, that's the problem I have. Well, well, you're right. What's the difference in Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi? The answer is genitalia. That's literally the only difference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the, I, I the, the think that I, I think to, Mitch McConnell is a really effective guy. He just, he just corrupt. He's just, he's, he's, he's beholden to certain, you know, interest groups that have a control over him and the Republicans. But to your point, though, the, all the rhinos are coming out now. I mean, think about how many of them have stepped away. Corker's gone, Flake is gone, Liz Cheney right. is essentially about to be out the door. I mean, if you look across the board, McCain's gone. Yeah, but she's going to be Trump's on that commission now. Trump's done is Trump hold has on, reshaped hold on. the party. One, per, one person at a time. One person at a time. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no I'm go, sorry. Go but Cheney's yeah, yeah. going to be on that, that uh, commission that all these brouhaha's about. Uh, okay. You know, yeah, where, but don't uh, worry about that commission. They're not going to do anything. That's just show by Pelosi. Democrats Yeah, one person at a time, please. Go ahead, uh... Seven three two eight six five. Uh, Mark, go ahead, and then six one two. Mark, you have something? Yeah, to say? no, I, I, oh, I finished. Uh, it was Cheney. Okay, uh, oh, you know she's okay. a perfect example of that. Six one two. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, like to this six- point about the January sixth commission. I don't think we'd have to worry about anything about that. I think that's just a show. You know, I put in that same category as a Mueller investigation. It's just something to make Democrat, you know, um, financiers or supporters financially make them feel like they're doing something. When in reality, it's all talk. It's nothing to worry about. Yeah, but okay. the media is going to be banging the drum about this. Don't forget. You know, don't forget their cohorts. You know, are going to be, right. you know, uh, leading the yeah. parade. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to the next topic. Drew, uh, inflation. Inflation, uh, California, you know, we have this uh, Gavin Newsom uh, is making a comeback for California, those commercials that are popping up all, all over. You're in California. Uh, you know, California, the gas prices are going through the roof. If you live in Malibu, it's probably $10, $10 to fill, well, $80, $100, depending on the car you have, to fill your tank. Uh, inflation is hitting all over. I was mentioning during the, the, the monologue, that in the U.K. And, and, and different parts of Europe, 
the supermarkets are empty. People are basically panicking. Uh, inflation is hitting. So we're, uh, how do you see the, the global and domestic uh, economic situation right now? Uh, well, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse so long as uh, the Biden administration is in charge. And this is by design. And I'll stand by that. Um, the Democratic Party is sinister. If you want to look back to, to Nazi Germany, uh, when they took over, you had a similar circumstance in terms of the economy there. And they will use this. Uh, you know, this, you know the, part of the, the reason everything they do is so sinister, let me put it this way. Saul Alinsky wrote a book called Rules for Radicals in right. the 70s. It was the playbook by which Hillary Clinton was an acolyte of, Samuel, uh, of Saul Alinsky. And many, many people have used that as a guide who come up through the ranks in the Democrat Party. And, for example, one of the things he says to do in Rules for Radicals that's important is you create a problem, and then you point the finger at someone else and blame them, and then you present yourself as the one uniquely qualified to solve that problem. So we see it across the map. And it's in terms of inflation here, I mean, you know, this was, uh, this was man-made. Um, uh, you know, obviously, a lot of this, you know, without getting into all the details, it's obviously very complex when you get into economics, and you can't, you can't understand every aspect of it because it's such a behemoth. But, you know, we shut down our economy. In California, we shut down for nearly an entire year. And so when you screw with the economy that way, and then you spend money like drunken sailors like they've been doing, the inevitable conclusion is inflation. And, you know, the best way, of course, to combat this in a simple way without getting into the Federal Reserve and all the things that they could do is just to say that we need to get normalcy. We need to, we need to get our economy back and running like it was before. We need to stop with these threats of shutting down again. And we need to get people off unemployment, stop paying them to sit on their butts at home, get jobs. And the government needs to get the heck out of the economy in terms of, of the free market and so on and so forth. But, you know, the Biden administration is signaling none of that. Right. Because they want to create and they've used COVID to do it because they want to create a bunch of dependence on the government. All right. They don't want people to be independent. They want people to look to government. You know, there's the Chinese proverb. If you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. If you teach a man to fish, he'll, he'll eat for a lifetime. Well, the Democrat Party always wants to do the first part. They want to give a man a fish so he keeps coming back to them to depend on their meal. We conservatives, not rhinos, but we conservatives want to teach a man to fish and give him the ability or her the ability to change their own life and have pick responsibility and, and go as far as they can without interference. Right, right. But the way we go, the economy is heading not for such a good landing uh, because the price of milk, the price of eggs, they've all shut up to the point where, you know, it's, 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 it's getting out of control. The price of gasoline has shut up. I mean, there's a shortage, a computer shortage, appliance shortage everywhere. Microsoft well, is telling, is telling our, our, their customers, you, you won't have hi. your computers until the end of the year. Yep. So, so, uh, yeah. yeah, and that, that's a result of shutting down the economy and having your supply chain you. shut down and people, people not being able to, to make these things, and now you can't get caught up. And, and, you know, guess who hurts the most, of course, in all this? It's not the rich. It's not people with money in their pockets. It's the poor and the middle class. Yeah. That's who's going to get screwed, and those are a lot of the people who, frankly, voted for Biden. Uh, 
732-539. Do you have a question for Drew? Seven three two five three nine. Okay, nine zero eight four three three. Do you have a question for Drew Allen? Uh, not at the moment. Okay, great. So getting back to the, um, I, I call it the title of, of our show tonight is misinformation Armageddon. Uh, there's there's a constant. Um, we have the CDC. We got the Surgeon General. We have the WHO. Everyone now in, in L.A. County, in, in California, the mask mandates are back. So how do you feel about that, Drew? Um, well, it's, of course, unscientific and outrageous, and it's a product of misinformation, which has been nearly exclusively uh, the, 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 the work of the Democratic Party. Um, you know, OSHA, for example, for uh, over a decade, made it very clear in training videos and um, in all their documentation that masks don't even work. They're ineffective against preventing uh, particles of asbestos affecting you, and they don't recommend wearing them. Asbestos is, well, 10 times, well, further than that. I think it's 0.5 nanometers or something like that, and then the the virus, of course, is something like 0.01, 0.02. But the point is there's a vast difference. The virus is much smaller than asbestos. And so if they're saying that, the mask doesn't protect you from asbestos. How can it protect you from the particles from the virus, which are much smaller? And more importantly, even when you get into these N95 masks, these surgical masks, they say they're ineffective unless you're in a lab setting under perfect circumstances and they're fitted to your face. That's not what happens in the real world. And most people walk around with those dirty face diapers anyway that are cloth masks. <laughs> so so, so it's, it's unscientific to begin with. And we should, you know, we, we don't really need to look any further than what happened kind of midway through the pandemic, of course, when California, where I live, doubled down, tripled down on everything. They started suggesting wearing two masks on your face, 17 masks on your face. And, of course, Florida simultaneously lifted mask mandates. And you saw case rise, cases rise and deaths rise in California while Florida's diminished. So, you know... You don't need someone to tell you what you can see with your own eyes. You don't need CNN to tell you some other story and build another narrative. You can see it for yourself. And so it's absolutely absurd. And when you brought up Jin Psaki and her absolutely ridiculous admission, her, her, her insane admission that, you know, she's working with Facebook and Google, and then you mentioned the Surgeon General, of course. That guy's a piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> I love it. You know, he, you know he, he looks like it, sounds like it. It's like, you know, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it is a duck. Well, he looks like a loser and quacks like a loser. <laughs> you know, you, you're actually fresh, young, bull voice for the conservative movement. You're truly, truly, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think, I think Pataki and, and, and Biden are getting themselves in, in hot water because – by pushing uh, Facebook and, and, and social media to basically collude with them to censor Americans, that's touching on the First Amendment, isn't it? Well, well it's absolutely touching on the First Amendment. It's outrageous. It's a violation of everything America stands for and was built upon. You know, they, they, you know there's a saying, of course, in the Washington Post who doesn't, doesn't actually uh, practice this, but they still post, you know, democracy dies in darkness. And that's true. And that's what the left is doing. Democracy dies in darkness, and they want us to live in totalitarian darkness. But to the point of Jin Psaki and the Surgeon General using, for example, COVID misinformation and saying, well, it's getting people killed, well, they should censor themselves 
tie their, tie their own hands, put their hands in handcuffs and put themselves in jail. Because let's, let's just go back to the beginning when hydroxychloroquine was mm-hmm. promoted by Trump and the frontline doctors outside the Supreme Court. And they yep. said, look, hydroxychloroquine is an effective uh, um, a treatment for COVID. It can save lives. And Fauci went on TV and the Democrat Party went out and they actually censored those videos. They took, they took them off Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, those frontline doctors, and they, they, they censored Trump and everyone else who came out in favor of hydroxychloroquine. And, of course, what happened? Well, now we know, as of a few months ago, the studies are conclusive, and hydroxychloroquine and zinc save lives. So Correct. who, who was, was proliferating misinformation? It's the Democrats. I, I, yeah, that, that's an excellent Excellent point. And also, I don't know if you recall when, when, when uh, Joe Biden said something about, well, Trump is basically not allowing, he's closing and not allowing Europeans and, and, and Chinese to come to the United States, and that he was basically creating uh, international, an international crisis. That was part of this information because... Trump was basically trying to protect and close the borders so people so that's another aspect of uh, disinformation too. Well, that's exactly right. And they're all in favor of closing every border except the southern border because they want uh, immigrants from Guatemala to come in and, and you know pour freely into this country. I mean, it's really laughable, and everywhere you look, it's utter hypocrisy, and they don't mean anything they say. I mean, look. You had instance after instance. So let's just look at some examples of their, of their absurdity. And this goes into climate change. won't go there right now, but it's the same kind of thing. They don't live by the rules that they want us to live by. You know, if, if when Gavin Newsom banned indoor dining and told us literally to mask in between bites, well, <laughs> that photo surfaced of him going mm-hmm. to a private dinner at the French Laundry, a Michelin star restaurant, one of the most famous restaurants and most expensive restaurants in the entire world, right here in my backyard in Napa, in Yachtville, okay? Mm -hmm. So if he's telling the American people that it's so dangerous that we have to mask between bites, why is it that he feels so safe going into the French Laundry with his 11 or 12 buddies, maskless, indoors? Do as I say. Do as I say, not as I do. Doesn't that ring a bell? <laughs> every every time with him, it's like climate change too, right? I mean, you know, oh, you know, um, you know, you know, stop flying in, in, in jets and stop driving cars, and what happens? You know, John Kerry has an armada of SUVs behind him. He flies in private jets. You know, Bill Gates and all those people just met for their big summit to talk mm-hmm. about how how, how the uh, policies, um, you know, what policies should be enacted to control the rest of us. And uh, they all flew into private. It was it was hilarious. Actually, I, I can't remember exactly, but the story was saying that there was there were issues with air traffic control because there were so many private jets coming in to uh, to Idaho for this meeting. Yeah, Twin Falls, Idaho. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think uh, Bill Gates just basically told all the billionaires why he got divorced. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Why the steps and the reason why he got divorced from Melinda Gates? <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, you know, when they talk about global warming and climate change, a perfect example is in California. I mean, Pacific Gas Electric was accused for so many years of basically not maintaining, providing maintenance to the 
infrastructure, and that's what caused all those fires in the last couple of years. Well, well of course, and it's so funny because they deny uh, nature. So, you know, I, I briefly, when I escaped Hollywood to reclaim my soul, I was a tour guide in Yellowstone, Yellowstone National Park. And one of the big lessons they learned in Yellowstone, which you can go and read about everywhere, right. is, you know, a huge fire came through Yellowstone and burned, I don't know how many acres, but it was an enormous portion of Yellowstone. And the takeaway wasn't global warming from that. It was that they had, they had been preventing fires for so long that nature finally came and did what it needed to do, which was to cleanse the, the forest and burn. And there are trees that actually grow throughout Yellowstone, which have uh, seeds that are – well, they release their seeds only under fire. So they're actually built to, to, to proliferate under those temperatures in fires only. So that's part of nature. And here in California, you know, these environmental wackos, um, they will not allow us to go out and clear forests. They won't allow us to do controlled burns. So what you've got is tender boxes everywhere we live here in Napa, for example. If you dropped a match in the forest, it would all burn. Mm-hmm. It, and it's overdue for burning. We build our houses in these communities, and that's what happens. But here's my argument with global warming. This is how, how your audience can defeat the left with global warming. So <laughs> the Earth, according to their science scientists, is 4.54 billion years old. Billion, okay? This is what their scientists say. And, and, of course, this Earth was formed under magma and unbelievably volatile conditions. As recently as 50 million years ago, before our two-legged uh, unnatural presence, you know, arose from the Earth to, to destroy it, well, uh, t- surface temperatures were around 90 degrees. It was, it was essentially unlivable. 90 degrees. So now the, the, the Democrats and the climate changers, the climate, I would call them conspiracy theorists, they claim we have surface temperature data officially that goes back to the 1880s. So based on 140 years out of a 4.54 billion year history, they claim that that is definitive evidence of man-made climate change. I've never heard such stupidity in my life. <laughs> well, it, it, it used to be global warming. But since global warming, that narrative was not working, they had to change it to climate change. But anyway, uh, we have another caller, 254654. Do you have a question for Drew? Yeah, back to the mask. Uh, they keep telling us to take the mask off, then they tell us to put it back on. And <laughs> basically, I'm leaving it on when I go out in a bunch of people. Because there's a bunch of people shedding out there. What do you think about that? Uh, in terms of you wearing your mask? No, in terms of, of the fact that the people that are getting vaccinated are spreading the most mutation of whatever was given to them. Well, I think the Democrat Party has done more for the anti-vaccination movement than anyone in the history of mankind. Um, I totally agree. Uh, you know, um, they, they sit here, why, why, you know, we don't understand why people aren't jabbed. I mean, let's, let's just go back first real quick, and I will address the question. But let's remember, mm-hmm. Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and many other Democrats, when they were asked point blank, do you trust the vaccine? Will you get the vaccine? They said, well, you know, they, I'm just summarizing, paraphrasing. But essentially yeah. what they said was, well, you know, we don't really trust it because it's Trump's doing. And um, <laughs> we'll, wait to see, we'll, we'll wait to see the evidence before we take the vaccine, okay? So, so there's step one of them encouraging getting the vaccine when they say, I don't think I'd even get it. It depends. It's Trump. It's probably poison. So, so they started this whole thing. And then in terms of the vaccine, you know, it's amazing because the media keeps reporting 
that we have these ex- exceedingly rare outbreak cases. Don't worry, they're exceedingly rare. You got six congressmen. Uh, out of Texas, out of the legislature, who fled the state on a private jet, who <laughs> the, the entire plane was vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and six of them tested positive for COVID. You have these stories every day, okay? In Israel, for example, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was in June the story came out, so it's different since then, but 50% of the new reported COVID cases were fully vaccinated individuals. And so, you know, they keep telling me this is exceedingly rare, but they say it's exceedingly rare every day in response to this new information that there are fully vaccinated people contracting COVID. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's interesting, even on the right, you know, with uh, people I know, they're in the industry, people who are more famous than I am, of course. You know, I see them coming out in favor of the vaccine all the time, and I don't care. Look, you get the vaccine if you want to get vaccinated. I haven't been vaccinated because I'm 34, and there's a greater chance of me dying by getting struck by lightning. So there's no point. <laughs> Um, so, so, but, but, but I guess my, my, my point is that when are we going to, why can't we even ask the question about the efficacy of these vaccines? You know, it's still experimental. Nobody wants to talk about that. They didn't yeah. do any animal testing. They went straight to people. And the truth is no one knows about how effective they are because they're still new. And we have over 12,000 people, uh, that the CDC just reported had died as a direct result of the COVID mm-hmm. vaccine. And then yep. they quickly changed the number to 6,000 once it was reported because 12,000 sounds a lot scarier than 6,000. And so, you know, the Democrat Party always claims, you know, like with hydroxychloroquine, for example, nobody was dying from hydroxychloroquine, but they were saying, well, you know, this might not be safe. It might have detrimental effects. So they, they actually banned the use of hydroxychloroquine uh, as treatment option, even though hydroxychloroquine had been around to treat malaria for decades. And so here we have 12,000 people dead as a direct rela- relation to getting the vaccine, and they just continue to say, nothing to see here. Everybody get vaccinated. If you're two years old, get vaccinated. I've never seen such irresponsible behavior from a scientific medical community in my life. Well, 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 well. Let me give you some more information that hasn't been reported but has been reported in Europe. 5,522 individuals died in Scotland within 28 days of receiving experimental COVID-19 vaccine, surpassing COVID-19 death rate in Scotland. Okay, number one. Number two, majority of physicians, and this came from a a survey that the the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons just came out. According to the survey, 60%, and I'm reading it right here, uh, said that, oh, no, no, let me, 60 out of, basically 60% said they were not fully vac- vaccinated against COVID. 60% of the physicians and surgeons. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty damning information. Um, but, you know, I got to say this, you know, if, I, if I'm entering my uh, Democrat mind from all my experience with Democrats, you know, you didn't get that information from CNN. And you didn't get it from the White House, so it's fake news. It's Russia, Russia disinformation. <laughs> it's the Armageddon information, Armageddon. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Drew, I have to tell you, you definitely are the next Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, you are. You, you're definitely. Uh, 
<laughs> you, you're, you're a comedian, <laughs> as well as very knowledgeable about uh, everything. But getting back to what the caller, 254, L.A. County, California, how do you, you know, your friends and everything, how do they feel, even the ones who are vaccinated, how do they feel now it's a mass mandate? You know, because you got a, a crazy mayor, that, that, that Gill mayor in, in L.A. is a nut, nutcase. And the one in San Francisco is even worse. Uh, and, and, of course, Gabby. Gabby, you know, Gabby Newsom, you know, the nephew of, uh, of Pelosi, you know, he, you know he's, he's spoiled. Uh, how do you guys feel in California now? You know, you, you got to go again with the mandate. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to circle the question. I'm just trying to attack it in a, in a logical, truthful manner because not everyone out here is insane, but many are. <laughs> Um, you know, you know, let me say, let me preface it with this. Um, the reason Gavin Newsom came up for recall is because there was bipartisan support to get rid of him because people were sick of being locked down. Uh, they were sick of not having the ability to send their children to schools. And, uh, that kind of, kind of led to this effort to get rid of Newsom. So, so people were, uh, ticked off and tired of it at the same time. Uh, you know, Californians uh, have lived in this despot- despotist state of despotism for so long and indoctrination for so long that they really are beholden. They really do believe that the government has the right to tell them, uh, you know, that they can wipe their own you-know-what. So, <laughs> so, so this, this, is, this is a problem. I, I'm telling you this right now, you know, in, in L.A., well, you know, got a sheriff in L.A. who said he's not going to enforce this, so he's come out and said it's not scientific. So that's, that's nice that that's happening. But yeah, I'm telling that was you right good. now, up in Napa where I live, um, if the mandate came through tomorrow that we had to mask up whether you're vaccinated or not here, um, I, I'm telling you the people I know who are Democrats, uh, they would mask up and enforce it on everyone because the oh, government yeah. told them to do so. And that's, not, that's the frightful thing. I'm not surprised, especially in, especially in Northern California. I mean, you're right next to um, socialists. Communist University, Cal Berkeley. You know, Nancy Pelosi has a house here, not too far from where I live. To be honest, I could get there in four minutes in my car. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty pretty bad. Let's move away from that aspect to this whole situation with the critical race theory that they want to impose on in classes. What's your take on it? Well, it's, ra- it, it, it's racist. Um, that, that'd be the first word I'd use to describe it. I mean, look, um, a, a young uh, boy or girl, um, they don't know what racism is. It is taught and it is learned. Um, a child in school has no idea. They don't see anybody uh, as black or white or brown or whatever, whatever shade, okay? And so um, – what they want to do essentially is, is perpetuate um, racism in America. So, so uh, let me put it this way. Barack Obama and the Democrats always say, you know, America has racism in its DNA, which means that we have racism in our DNA, that I have racism in my DNA, despite the fact that no black individual has been a slave that's living and no white American has been a slave owner. Okay. So, we don't have racism in our DNA, but what the Democrat Party wants to do with, with this critical race theory is to inject racism 
in our children's DNA. They want to teach uh, minority individuals that they are perpetual victims and that they are owed something. And they want to teach white Americans to be ashamed of being white for something that they never did. And it's absolutely sick and perverse. I mean, you know, the analogy I always bring up when I get into this, this conversation is, you know, uh, what is the benefit? Let, let, let's, let's look at Nazi Germany. That happened much more recently in history than slavery in America, okay? And are the newborn Germans to believe in perpetuity that they are anti-Semitic just by birth? Of course not. It's absolutely absurd. No Jewish individual benefits from growing up with animosity towards the German people, and no German person who grows up as a child who believes they are guilty of some crime they did not commit benefits either. It's a way to destroy society. It's a way to, 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 to foment hatred and resentment forevermore, and the Democrat Party benefits from this, right? They're creating a problem, and then they say, we have racism in America, and we, the Democrats, are going to solve it. But they don't solve it. They exacerbate it so that they can keep making the same claim to get votes. Definitely, definitely. Uh, 908-423, do you have a question now? Oh, no. Yes? Um, I don't have a question, but I'll make a comment. Um, I live in New Jersey, and I do have friends whose daughters um, joined BLM, um, and I do believe all of that is a result of them being taught in school because it is taught around in this area and in the college, um, the colleges around here, um, you have to take a, um, a white privilege class. And I think it's embedded into these kids that they have to hate themselves and hate being white and it's bad to be white. And that's why when you go to around here, when we had the BLM protests um, in Asbury Park, um, a lot of the kids there were white girls with money white rich girls were the ones at these blm protests against white people which i think is mm. pretty ironic <laughs> that's all <awesome. laughs> yes and the sad fact is the taxpayers are paying for all of this that we're actually subsidizing this ruination mm-hmm. very uh, true very, very good. Uh, excellent comment. Seven three two eight six five. That's me. I mean seven three two five three nine. Excuse me. Do you have a question for Drew? Who's this? Okay. Do you have a question for Drew Allen? Uh, yes, I have, um, not really, but you know all the racism and that. Um, in 2009, 2010, I took reverse uh, racism to the Supreme Court. But I ended up not going through with it, but it wasn't a docket. So I think there's a, little, a lot of reverse prejudice going on in racism. Oh, yeah, that's been happening. Uh, that happened to me in the... Uh mid-70s in New York City. Uh, I was told overtly right out by the Bursaw, uh, you can't get uh, aid or a grant because you're the wrong color. Told me this in his office with the door closed. So it's been going on for uh, he's 50 years, or under 50 years. Got it. 
Uh, yeah. Drew? Drew? Yeah, well, well, I mean, that's absolutely correct. It is reverse racism. But the Democrats contend, and if you talk to the most indoctrinated Americans or Puerto Ricans or people who have this education of critical race theory already taught to them, essentially, well, they would contend that uh, minorities are not capable of being racist because white people are the original racists who, uh, you know, European colonists and so on and so forth, uh, by virtue of, of, of that history, uh, whites are the only people who are capable of being racist. So that's what they would say. It doesn't make any sense, but I'm just telling you that's what I've heard when I get into it with some of these people who are indoctrinated. Um, but of course it is. You know, I, I'll bring up this point. You know, nobody ever talks about the Asian-American community. And, uh, uh, you know, I, so there's a, there's a friend of mine. I mean, he's an acquaintance. His name's Kenny Shu. He just wrote a new book. Uh, I think it's sold out already on Amazon, the first batch, but it's called An Inconvenient Minority. Yeah. And he talked about the discrimination against the Asian-American community in America. The fact that, you know, it's an attack on excellence. So Asian-Americans are not the beneficiaries of welfare, okay, um, unlike the African-American community and the Latino community who comes across the border for the freebies. They don't get any of that stuff. And so they're forced to work very hard for everything they have. And in our elite universities, like Harvard, for example, they are uh, disproportionately discriminated against to fill quotas. So the Asian-American has to, on average, score, you know, 150 points higher on the SAT than a white person. They have to score, you know, 300 points higher than an African-American, et cetera. So uh, the point is um, racism is alive and well in this country, but it comes from the Democrat Party. Correct. And why? Correct. And that was a really interesting point she brought up, uh, uh, the guest who was talking a moment ago that made the comment about living in New Jersey and the BLM movement being comprised of a bunch of white, rich, privileged young women. That's true across the nation. That's what's astounding to me, right? This is, these are the people that are supporting all these movements, and I've seen it firsthand, and it's absolutely astounding, these people. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. it's indoctrination. Very young, starts very young. But uh, 732-539, do you have a question for Drew? Hello? Okay. I don't think so. Uh, we got a, about five minutes to go, Drew, but this has been exciting. I um, I had Kenny on on the program already. Oh, you isn't Kenny great? He's brilliant. Oh, he's he's fantastic. I'm telling you, you guys, you guys should team up. I have two shows together. You guys are excellent. Um, I wanted to touch on this. Getting back to that global warming. You know, we've had in the last couple of days mass floodings in China, mass floodings in Belgium, mass floodings in Germany. And what are we hearing? Basically, climate change again. Uh, they parade little uh, uh, the little girl, the 15-year-old Thunberg. Greta, yeah. Greta, good old Greta. You know, Thunberg, you know. They just push her, her button all over, and she's saying, we need to do this about all this mass flooding. Guess what? What happened in China? The military basically let out the dam, and they didn't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, I I call them the uh, climate change racketeers because that's because it's a shakedown. That's what's going on. 
of course it is. I mean, you know, it's a it's a Marxist ploy um, to basically, well, it, one to eradicate the middle class. You know, that's something important about about what they're always trying to do as well, right? You know, when you look at Soviet Russia and all these other uh, other regimes, totalitarian regimes, you know, they've got to have class warfare. So you kind of eradicate the middle class, and then you just have the poor people who are forever distraught, and you have the elites who are always, you know. Uh, professing that they're there to solve the problems of the poor. But what you, of course, have in communism is equal. You do have equality, by the way, when you have communism. You do have equality. That part is true. You get equality in poverty. Everyone's equally poor. Uh, that's what happens. And climate change, you know, it's, it's a way to, 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 well, take control of an economy, take control of the American people and everyone else, right? Because, look, if, if you can shut down the economy in the name of uh, public health, saving lives – well, what can't you do? What rights can't you seize to save the planet? Exactly. Uh, seven, 739, I mean, excuse me, 732-539. Question for uh, or comment for uh, Drew. Not anymore. I, way back in the beginning of the show, I had some uh, questions. Well, you have you, you have you have an opportunity We've gone now. too far. Which we're talking we're talking about. Um, what would you call? You can um, talk about. You can you can ask any question or talk it, about anything. It's all related. Yeah. Well, I was just I was really talking about all the jobs that are out here in New Jersey. Every place that I go, there's a, a job opening. They're, they want help. They want help. They want help. They want help. And yes, some in the, and the shelves in the grocery stores are getting slim. That's basically from the beginning. Oh, fantastic! That's great information. Also, about the empty shelves that we're we're starting to see, just as ha- like it's happening in Europe. Yeah, sure? yeah, but yeah, I mean, between that and the fact that uh, many of these places, like in California. Um, they still can't get people to fill positions. They're desperate for, for employees to hire, but they can't get anyone to hire because in this state, you know, people are still being um, subsidized by the government. Supposedly that's coming to an end. Um, but, you know, uh, another acquaintance of mine, I don't know if you have him on the program yet, his name's Andrew Gruel. He goes on Fox News a lot. He's a uh, owner of Slapfish uh, Chain. And I remember a while back he was offering $25 for a starting dishwasher, and he couldn't get anyone to apply for that job. $25 to wash dishes? <laughs> I was getting paid $2.13 my first job in Texas when I was waiting tables before I went to college. Right. Well, Andrew, he's, he's basically been uh, – he's had some issues, and, and, and he hasn't been able to come on the show. So if you talk to him, let him know. What a great time we've had. I want to I wanna, um, promote your book. What's your book if, in, your, in, your web, in your website? Yeah, so the book's called Uncommon Sense, and you can just do Uncommon Sense by Drew Allen. It's on, uh, it's on Amazon there. And then uh, my website's drewthomasallen.com, and then my podcast that I do weekly is uh, The Drew Allen Show. It's a very original. And, and that's every day or daily or – no, so. right now I don't have the time. Right now I'm just doing it once a week. So I had a new episode come out today. Um, so they can find that on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. Pretty, pretty much anywhere you look for, for podcasts, you can find it, the Drew Allen Show. And so that was because, as you can tell, I have a lot more to say than 800 words. When I write articles for AM Greatness or BizTech Review or any of these outlets, 
you know, I got to write between 800 and 900 words. So, you know, I'm very limited and I got a lot to pour out. So, <laughs> yes, you do. You're, you're, you're like, you're very, very uh, expressive. Uh, Mark, any last minute? Uh, yes, I wanted for, to say thank Joe. you to our sponsor, Students for a Better Future. Fantastic. 908. Four to three. Last comments. Um, no. Stay strong, everyone, and stay healthy. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you again, Drew. Uh, we'll come back, and we enjoyed our time tonight. Hey, this is one of the best shows I've ever been on. I had a lot of fun. Anytime you want me, I'll come. All right, Drew. God bless California right, good night. and the United States. Good night. All right. Good night, guys. Okay. God bless. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.